Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? You know what I just realized? I left my, my, my sports coat in the back. No, don't worry about it. Passed up. Yeah, I got the ACs on now. We had the heaters on earlier. That's why we were running about a minute late. I was making sure the ACs come on. Because it's 68 degrees in here and we're sweating. And yeah, so I, I turned the ACs over so that if it gets any warmer, it will at least. Hallelujah. So, yeah, so I left my, my jacket. You know, Pastor Donnie was, was wearing a jacket that he asked to wear mine. It's still hanging up in there, but it'd be all right. I take it off anyways in worship. I'd be sweating. Uh, hey, listen, it's good to see everybody here. Um, it's funny that I didn't see anybody here early. So that means most of you change your clocks. Uh, I, if you were like me, though, you did wake up early. And uh, I don't know, I woke up a few times. It didn't really matter. But, hey, we're going to have a great time today in, in worshiping and loving on Jesus and hearing some word from, from our former pastors. And uh, if you weren't here last night, man, listen, go online. Uh, I started uploading it today. The Internet is still I got to call them tomorrow. I've given them a few weeks. I've been trying to be nice. And, yeah, and, we've, and I have proven to them it's not us. They came out, and they know it's not us. We plugged them directly into their fiber connection, and it still had the problem. We verified where it was, so they know it's not me. You know, that's the hardest part about the media company is trying to get the blame where it goes. It's always you that needs to restart your TV or router. But uh, we've proven that, but it's been, like, what, three weeks? It's time. We're, we're paying too much for this thing. It's time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to call on Monday, and uh, we're going to have a different conversation. <laughs> yes, bless them, Lord. Jesus, hallelujah. So, anyways, hey, if you grab your bulletins real quick, there's a couple things in there I want to make sure you're aware of. Uh, there's this crazy picture of some people in there, if y'all want to know anything else about, about them. Um, don't forget that on the 15th of this month, that's only in a few more weeks, guys, we're going to do Thanksgiving dinner on the grounds. Can we do that during COVID? We can if we do it a certain way. Hallelujah. So what we've done is we put our minds together, and uh, it took a lot of our minds. No. And we prayed about it. We think we have a plan that we feel is safe. It allows us to fellowship, and it allows us to eat. And that's three important things here at the church. Eating being number one, safety somewhere in there. But uh, we have a sign-up sheet out there. And if you want to uh, eat Thanksgiving meal, you just put your name on there, and, and like I told them last night, don't just put the Dozot family, because there's way too many of y'all around here. We'll have no idea who that is, but uh, so, so you can put that down on there, and if you're going to stay or you're going to go home, and how many people are going to be in your party, and what that'll do is allow us to know how to set the tables up in the back so we can separate people out, right? And if you, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, we're going to have plate lunches. They're, gonna, they're all being supplied by Panorama Foods, so we're not preparing them. Basically, that we're having them cook all the food so it'll be safe. It's being done professionally, and they're following all the guidelines. And so what we'll do is we'll have all your food back there with your tables assigned. We'll have assigned tables. Can we do that in church? Hmm. I know we can't have assigned chairs because you are sitting in somebody else's seat, but they forgave you already. They sit behind you. Uh, we prayed them through last night. But, uh, <laughs> no. I, I just had to pick up Beverly about that because I know. Uh, but we're going to do that. So please sign up so that we make sure we have enough. We already have an order in. We want to make sure we have enough. But if you're going to take them to go, come on, don't come in and say it's me and I need 10 to go and, and only one of you show up because I want to preach to all 10 of them that day. That's the charge, right? You have to bring them all here so I can preach to them. And uh, then you guys can go home and eat if you want to. But So we're going to do that on the 15th. Whew. Hallelujah. 
Uh, you also see in there about Right Now Media. If you don't have your Right Now Media subscription, please just come tell me. Uh, tell one of the deacons. Uh, what it is is it's a free service. There's over 10,000 Bible study videos, children's videos. There's even some movies on there, documentaries, and it's free. It's all online. All I need to know is your email address so I can sign you up. And listen, we have people that use it as home Bible studies, okay? So it's a great service. I just want to make sure you're getting the most out of it and uh, be able to do that. And also, we're going to have something. Uh, I'm going to show the video next week. Uh, we're going to help uh, buy some Bibles for some pastors. Anybody think that's important? Anybody think a pastor should have a Bible? Uh, listen, somebody bought me a nice, shiny new Bible. Boy, I can't wait to preach out of this thing, man. It's NASB Preacher's Edition, too, so it should make my preaching twice as long. Uh, I can't wait. They'll hate me if I preach twice as long, though. But, uh, no, we're going to help buy Bibles for some pastors overseas that is being converted into their language. And uh, so I'm going to show the video next week. I just want you guys to, to already know that that's coming because guess what? We need to put some Bibles in pastors' hands overseas. We've got pastors leading church that don't have a Bible. That, that should be a sin, and it probably is. So we're going to do that. Hallelujah. Come on. We got our weekly memory verse in there as well. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Mm, I think we stop at about 38, though. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That means you've got to love me and forgive me that I misspelled one of the words in there. And I just noticed it as I read it. I typed it up. Nancy didn't have anything to do with it. She just printed it. It's my fault. But you've got to love me anyways. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. And forgive me for my misspelled word. Give it to your kids and see if they can find it. That will be a good Bible challenge. Hallelujah. That would be a good one. Stop laughing at me over there. Paul is laughing at me. <laughs> now, nah, I got my son and his girlfriend visiting with us as well. So it's been a great weekend. We're getting to visit with everybody. So, listen, I want us to... To, to move to our, our portion of our service where we get to bless the Lord with, with giving. At the end of the service, we're going to bless our, our speakers today uh, with a special offering. So if you're going to do that while you're giving, just put on their special guest. guest. If you go online, you'll see special guest. We'll make sure that we get that to them. But also, we're going to do communion. It's the first of the month, and we always do communion, so we have all that set up as well. But I want us to take a moment and focus on, on blessing the Lord in our giving. I mean, has anybody been blessed this year? Can we say that in 2020? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I know some people didn't even want to fall back because I don't want one extra hour this year. <laughs> I don't want one extra hour this year. But you know what? I, I think the Lord has been teaching us a lot this year. And I know me, you know what? It, it's, he's, he's been blessing us and taking care of us financially. He's been doing all those things. Around the church, he's done the same thing. And I think he's done that for some other people as well. And so today, you know, it's the first of the month. The word of God says what? That we bring our tithes to the storehouse. So today we want to bring our tithes to the Lord. Most of us get paid toward the beginning of the month, so we, we need to do that. And we also want to bring an offering. I know Pastor Dottie talked about that last night, about sacrifices and, and giving to the Lord. And that's where I learned all that stuff from, right? If it won't meet your need, it must be your seed and you plant it. Yeah, see, he talked about those. He stole all my good sayings. Um, but you know what? The Word teaches us to be givers, and we sow into good ground. And can I tell you, I believe this church is good ground. We have missionaries around the world that we have continued to support throughout the pandemic. A lot of churches stopped supporting them, but you know what? They still have needs. We have people that are still preaching the gospel around the world that we're helping financially to support. 
And so today I want you to pray and say, God, what would you have me to give? I know my tithe belongs to you, God. What would you have me to give on top of that? And, and ask him, what would you have me to sow into the, to the life of the, the minister today? Right? Because we want to bless him as well and his family and his church because he took time to come over here. Now, his associate pastor is probably excited that he got to preach. Uh, but, you know, he, he come all the way over here and he's going to bless us with some more words. So let's pray and let's ask God what he wants to do this morning. So, Father, we, we thank you that we get to be in your house we thank you that we get to be in your presence, oh God. Lord, today we bring our tithes to you, but we ask what you would have us to give on top of that, Lord. Lord, we know that you're always trying to teach us, and, and giving is one of those times where we get to learn so much of trust in you. So, Lord, I ask today that you would receive these gifts, receive these offerings, God, and smile down upon us. Lord, and as I always ask, multiply them in the life of the giver and in the life of the church. Use them around the world to reach the lost and the hurting, but especially right here in Marksville, Mansoura, Louisiana, that we can reach those that are not following Jesus and feed those that are hungry. And we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree with that, I want you to say amen this morning. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to adjust the ACs one more time. I'm not playing on my phone. I want to make sure it was hot in here earlier if you weren't here. And uh, I don't want you all to freeze. Yeah, I know. I know. So, Hallelujah. Listen, let's get ready to do some worship. So, Pastor Flippo, I'm going to put the mic right here. And if you feel that God is, is moving on you, just like I told you last night, get up and speak. Take control of it. You are in control of the service. I submit that to you. I'm going to just put this down right here and get my ears on. Can I do that? Come on, let's stand up get ready to worship this morning. I hope you come ready to worship this morning. One person is. Hallelujah. I know Deborah, though. I always know I'm going to get an amen from there. Always. So listen, so if you want to worship with a flag, we have flags down here in the front. If you want to worship with a flag, feel free to come and get one. Worship with the flag. And when you're done with it, just leave it on your chair. We'll disinfect it after service. Uh, we always disinfect and take care of that kind of stuff. So let me make sure I'm not freezing the babies out in the nursery. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all ready to worship this morning? Come on.
Pastor Don, that's how you charge, start church. <laughs> Listen, I told him this is a congregation that likes to sing. And I told him we like to get a little loud up in here sometimes. But you know what? We love Jesus. We love Jesus. Hey, a little shameless plug. Thank you for those that, that bought this for me. I got my water in here this morning. Hallelujah. 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 I know I'm just being crazy this morning, but I also like to have fun in church. I don't like boring church. You ready? Soul 
that you can't save. All things are possible in the darkest night. You can light it up. up our hearts and the minds and eyes of the people in our community. There's a lot of hurting people and only God can set them free. But you know he's never going to forget about them and he's never going to stop chasing them. Hallelujah.
Come on, hallelujah. Now listen, we put one more in there that y'all got to sing with. But it's a little bit fast for us. But it's a great song anyway. But y'all got to sing. That's all. somebody this morning to tell them my God is an awesome God. Even if Pastor Rich can't sing the words because it's way too fast to sing and play. <sighs> Come on, tell somebody. You turn the lights on, guys. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated this morning. Whew. Whew. Yeah, we slowed it down a little bit in practice, but by the time we did it there, we added back about 20. In practice, I could pull it off. <sighs> Hallelujah. Hey, we just had to do it, man. It was fun. 
Come on, can we have fun in church? Come on, man. The joy of the Lord. All right, where's our kids? Y'all go ahead. Come on, where's our kiddos? We got space in the back for our kids. We got our tables separated, mom and dad, if you want them to go back there. Oscar, it's good to see you, man. He's been gone for a little while driving the roads in that big old truck. I'm not going to ask him if he hit anything. Don't just don't plausible deniability, brother. Don't worry about it. Just don't leave no scratches. What's up, man? You're the little brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to need some stands down here. Whew. Man, that was fun. Listen, I, you know, Pastor Donnie, the, the, the biggest struggle I have is that I'll sing my voice out every service. <laughs> I get up here and preach like this, but I don't care. I just love to worship Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, listen, it's, it's great again to have former pastors here. And um, I know Sister Veronica, she never liked to be called pastor. I'm trying. Air conditions are running, guys. I'm just, you know, I'm sweating too. But uh, it's just great to have you guys here again with us. And uh, listen, just minister to us today and just pour out your heart. Bring the word. I printed your notes, so I know you got notes. Yeah, don't forget your water. And uh, listen, just come up here and have your way in the Lord. Amen. Come on, y'all stand up and give him a, a greeting for me this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, don't you love your pastor? Give a big hand clap for your pastor. Amen. It's good to be here. What an honor to be here today, you know. Uh, God is awesome. And, you know, I know a lot of times we see situations where we're thinking, God, what is going on? What in the world is happening? But I want you to know God's high and lifted up. He's still on the throne. God's not surprised. Did you know God's not surprised by the coronavirus? God went like, whoa, what just happened? You know, what, what just happened? How'd that break out? I, didn't, I wasn't planning on that. Nothing surprises God. Nothing surprises God. So I want you to know God's still in control even if you feel out of control. <laughs> He's still in control even when you're out of control. And that's good news. That's good news. If you, um, if you have your Bible, look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. It says, So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing, say nothing, will be impossible for you. Well, Pastor, you know, Donnie, I, I mean, some things are impossible. Oh, well, let me, this is, this is King James, New King James. This is in the red. You know, if it's in the red, Jesus said it, right? It's in the red. And let me see what Jesus said. I know, I know you say, well, there's some things that's, you know, you, you can't just expect everything to be. I mean, you, there's got to be some things, some limitations to you. Let's see. And he says, if you say to the mountain, move from here to there, I, and it will move, and it will move, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we come today. Thank you for... The, the worship we've had. Thank you for the people that are here today. Lord, I thank you that your word is anointed and appointed for today. Thank you for anointing me and appointing me today to speak. And thank you for anointing the people to receive. So today, may we open up our hearts to receive what you have to say, Holy Spirit, and let it transform our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you today about it's the smallest things that makes the biggest difference in your life. 
It's the smallest things that will make the biggest difference in your life. You heard your pastor refer to uh, just a saying I've said, I don't know how many years. But I'll, I just come up, I like coming up with little catchy phrases because it, it reminds me. Some of you, you're, you're much smarter than me, so you don't have to have these catchy phrases. But for me, I just like having catchy phrases. And one of them was, is that if it won't meet the need, it must be the seed. And what do you do with seeds? You plant them. So I always said, you know what, if I, if I need, if my electric bill was $200 and I only had $100, how many knows that wouldn't meet the need? So then I said, well, if it won't meet the need, because my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches, and undoubtedly I don't have enough, I got more needs and I've got seeds, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to plant this one, and I'm going to let God meet the need. So if it won't meet the need, it must be the seed, and so I would just plant it. I was preaching in Amory, Mississippi. This was back early in my ministry. I started preaching in March of 89, and it was probably in 89, maybe 90, 91. I was preaching in Amory, Mississippi, and I was talking about faith that night, and I was proclaiming how God can do the supernatural, that nothing was impossible for him, and, and I was just proclaiming that. And, and as a minister, declaring those problems. Even, I want you to know, even when you are facing opposition, the word still is the word. It has nothing to do with you. And so I was there preaching that night about God can do the impossible. And, and after the end of the service, we had prayer meeting, and there, uh, an, an elderly lady come up, and she was a widow. Her husband had passed away about maybe three or four months ago and prior to this meeting. And she come up, and, or I mean a year ago, I'm sorry, about a year prior to this meeting. And she come up, and she said, uh, uh, you know, I, I heard what you said, and, and I want to release my faith, and I want you to pray with me. And I said, okay, what do you want me to pray? She said, I need a financial breakthrough. And she says, the Lord is my witness. She dug in her purse and got every pen. She had a handful of change. And she said, this is everything I got. It won't meet the need. It must be the seed. She said, the Lord is my witness is everything I got. And I want you to pray with me. I want to sow this seed. And I want you to pray with me. I said, well, what, what do you want, how do you want God to? She said, I have bill collectors because my husband, his medical bills were so high. They are calling me night and day, and they won't leave me alone, threatening to take stuff away from me in my home, the only thing I got. And she said, I need a breakthrough. I said, all right, well, let's pray. She sowed that seed. She put it in my hand, and I said, Lord, this is all the seed that she's got. And I said, if it won't meet the need, it must be the seed. So what do you do? You plant them. I prayed with her, and I, I went on and and started preaching. I was evangelized, preached at other places and ministered at other places. And I don't know how long had lapsed, six months or so, and I was invited back to preach at that church again. I come back, and that little lady come up grinning, smiling. She hugged me. She said, you ain't going to believe what happened. Well, just tell me. That'll help me believe. Amen. She said, you ain't going to believe what just happened. I said, well, what just happened? She said, well, she said, you know, after you prayed with me and I sowed that seed, she said, that week, she said, I used to get phone calls seven 24-7 almost. They just call me all the time. And she said, uh, all of a sudden, they quit calling me. And I said, well, what happened? She said, a week went by, another week went by, and they quit calling me. She said, so I called them. Because <laughs> she said it was scaring me. I thought, they're up to something. They quit calling me, so they're, coming. they're going to come and get it. So they're, they're done with calling. She said, so I called them. I said, what did you? She said, I called them. And they said, well, ma'am, we don't understand. She said, what we show on our computer that is paid in full. 
I don't know how that works. I, I don't know. I don't. You can figure it out if you want to. I just know if it, the, God does takes the smallest things and does the biggest things in your life. And I want you to know, don't underestimate the small things that you do in life. I remember when I moved in, uh, to Beaumont, Texas in 1998 and began to start up the ministry at a church. And I was on the side of a, a, just a, a four-lane highway and an old building, an old Tupperware building, green. And, uh, you know, and so we're, we're in this old building renting it and, and just wanting to get the gospel out. And, and so one day the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, you know, I want you to do something. And this is my first point. The first point is if you want to see big things in your life is that use the thoughts that God puts in your head. There will be a thought that will come to your mind. And what is, he gives you a thought. It may sound funny. It may sound ridiculous, but do it anyway. So I was praying. I said, God, how do you want me to reach people in this area? I'm, I'm not from Texas. And, and I said, how do you want me to reach people in this area? So the Lord said, I want you to do something. He said, I want you to get a cross, and I want you to paint it white. And I just want you to dig a hole, stick it out in the front of the building. Cross, okay, I get that. That's cool. I don't have a problem with crosses. I like it. That's a beautiful cross there. I, I, I don't have a problem with cross. Paint it white. Stick it right out front. Put anything on it. No, just put a white cross out there. So I went and got me some old timber, you know, those uh, that you put around your garden, you know, just that old four. I, I just got it. Yeah, landscaping timber. Paint it white. Put it up. Stuck it in the hole. Didn't think no, you know, okay. That Sunday, there was a young man came to my church. He said, hey, I noticed your white cross out in your front of your church. And I'm looking for uh, a place for me and my family, me and my wife, to go to church. I said, oh, okay. So he, he starts coming to church, and gets, they get, their, get committed in church, start serving the Lord, start being faithful. And God starts using them in music and worship and doing with youth. And then all of a sudden, God starts using them to preach at other places. And all of a sudden, God calls them into Louisiana and working with youth, and then all of a sudden God calls him to be a pastor, and all of a sudden God calls him to be a presbyter. That young man sits right here. His name is Richard Newman. A white, it was a Wednesday he come. There's a white cross. Who would have thought that God would use a white cross to get this man to you today? It's the smallest things. That makes the biggest difference. He tells us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according, according to the power that works within us. The ability for God to do great things inside of you is that he said he would do exceedingly. I like that. If God just stopped there. Abundantly. So now you've got exceedingly, abundantly. And then he says, I know what? I'm going to go above that. I'm going to go above that. I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Look at this. All that you could ask or think. Now, I don't know about you, but I can do a lot of asking. I can do a lot of thinking. Amen. He said, but I'll do. But you know what I found in my life? Many times I'm reluctant to ask. Because we've been taught that asking means that you're weak. But I'm going to tell you what. There's The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And, and he says that if you will ask, you shall receive. And so we've got to learn how to ask and we got to learn how to dare to believe because he will do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think according, but it's according, it's according with the power that's working within you. 
So if you're not getting everything you're asking and believing for, find out what's working within you. There's something small inside of you that needs to grow. And so here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things, if it's of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Boy, that'll rule out. You won't be able to watch the news if you think on all that stuff. You have to cut the news off. It's hard to think on all those things I just read <laughs> and watch the media, huh? You got to think on these things. You got to think on these things. You got to think on these things. As a man thinketh, so is he. You think on these things. You think on, the Bible says, "Be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind." You transform yourself by renewing your mind. You got to get rid of your stinking thinking. And you, if you want to experience what God wants to do in your life, you got to begin to renew your mind and allow the Spirit of God to inhabit you to where He changes the way you think. And the one thought, one thought. You are one thought away from your greatest miracle happening today. You are one thought away from God doing something supernatural in your life. All you have to need is one thought. There was a lady, uh, she was, uh, she'd lost her job, her husband, she was in divorce, her husband left her, and she, it was Christmas time, she didn't have any money, she didn't know what to do, and, and she was crying, praying out to God, God, I, I need a breakthrough, I need you to take care of me, and, and so she was looking around, she goes, you know, God, it just makes me feel good as a child, I always remember Grandma lighting little candles for Christmas time and putting them around the fireplace, she said, I'd like to, you know, get a little candle and put it, and then she was lighting some candles, and they would melt, and she goes, you know, it'd be neat if you had a little candle that didn't melt. Just a thought. So she invent, she got to thinking, she says, you know what, what if they made a little light that looks like a flickering, a little bulb, light bulb that flickers like a fire, and a little lamp you could put, and it wouldn't burn out, wouldn't melt. So she said, I'll go to the store and see if I can find one. She went to the store, couldn't find one, went to the store, couldn't find one, trying to search, couldn't find one. All of a sudden, guess what? She come up with this little invention of these little candles that are made out like lights. And you probably know the rest of the story. She sold a lot of them. Amen. One thought can transform your situation. You are one thought away from being able to pay your house off. You're one thought away from being able to break through. You're one thought away from being able to transform your family member. You're one thought away from being able to transform your life. All you got to do is have a thought from God. And all you've got to do, listen, I'm going to tell you what, God is speaking to us all the time, but we've got so many other voices that are talking to us, we don't know if it's God, me, or the devil, or, you know, we don't know when it's God speaking to us, because our minds is a battlefield. Where did Jesus get crucified at? It was called Golgotha, what? The place called the skull. He got crucified at Golgotha, the place called the skull that's where your battles are they're at the place called the skull that's where you got to crucify the flesh it's the place called the skull it's dear Galgotha's right here and if you will win right here you will have a resurrection experience if you'll win right here and crucify that thing you'll have a resurrection experience you are one thought away from God doing the supernatural in your life too many times I've seen I've heard people say things and, and I'm like why are you even saying if you don't want what you're saying don't say it speak the things of God that can transform your life listen God says I know the thoughts that I think towards you God had to correct them because so many times we think God has a negative thought about us we think God's mad at us upset at us wants to destroy but God so loved us that he sent his son that whosoever would call on him will be saved we serve a God that thinks about us and loves 
loves us and cares for us, you got to change your stinking thinking. Look at your neighbor and say, you better change your stinking thinking. Amen. You better change it. You better change it. You better change it. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's You're one thought away from the supernatural happening. One thought away. So we have to learn that if we're going to, it's the smallest thing, so the smallest thought can transform your life. It's the small, Everything you're seeing, there's a thought for it. Somebody thought up a chair. Can you believe that? I mean, somebody thought up. Now listen, how hard is this? Somebody thought up a paper clip. Come on. I mean, every office has got a paper clip. I mean, could you imagine some guy like, I wish I had something to hold this paper together. Or maybe a woman invented it. Probably a woman, you know. She's a lot smarter. Amen. I wonder how you put And so they say, I wonder. So they're fooling around. Now, it had to be a man because they're always messing with stuff, twisting it up. Amen. They say, I wonder what, hey, what if I just twist this around? Hey, that'll hold my paper. I mean, what thought of a trash can? I mean, just a different thing, just a simple thought. Man, when they had the thought of bottled water, they laughed at him and said, that'll never work. Nobody won't buy it. Water's free. There ain't nobody going to buy no bottled water. Laughed him out when he said, I'm going to sell water. There was a young man that was in college, and they asked him to come up with an assignment about doing something that would touch the world. And he come up, he says, you know what? That young man says, he stood up and he did a report. He says, I think I'm going to invent that you can get mail anywhere in the world within 24 hours. And the professor laughed at him, said, you're crazy. There's no way you can get mail around the world 24 hours. You may know that young man. He started FedEx. Amen. Too many times we find ourselves being mocked at, ridiculed, and we reject the very thought that God gives us because others will not embrace it. Don't you rob yourself, and don't you let anybody else rob you when God gives you a God thought. A God thought can transform your life and immediately change your life. I don't know. Uh, Y'all probably familiar. Uh, Charles Greenaway. I mean, y'all remember, he's a great missionary for the Assemblies of God, Charles Greenaway. He's done passed away. It's been years ago. Charles Greenaway, he was like the Apostle Paul to missionaries. Charles Greenaway, and he, he served on Jimmy Swaggart's mission board for many years. Great man of God. Charles Greenaway, when he was young, didn't have any money, and him and his uh, friend, they didn't have any money, and they was thinking, they was praying on a river bank, didn't have no money, but wanted to reach the world for missions. And they kept praying on the side of the bank. And as they was praying on the side of the bank, they heard this big old truck come by. They was praying, God, give us a way to get wealth into our hand that we may touch the world. And as they were praying, they heard this big old truck coming. This was in the early 1940s, I guess, or so. And this, they noticed this truck was going to dump. And for whatever reason, they had the thought, follow it. Thought, follow it. So they get a thought, and they go following it, and they follow this truck to the dump, and they notice they're dumping out, and they was dumping all these carburetors out. Back, way back then, when, they, when the carburetor went bad, they'd just take it off and put another one on because they didn't have a rebuild kit. So this guy was looking at this carburetor, and he said, what are y'all doing? He said, oh, we have tons of these. We dump them all the time. They come from all over, you know. We just dump them out here just, you know. And he's looking at him. He goes, can I have them? He said, well, they're trash. You can have them. He took one. He got to looking at it, and God gave him a thought. What if you rebuilt it and resold it? Guess what they do nowadays? They rebuild carburetors. Carburetor kit. There you go. Begin to make millions. One thought. One thought. You're one thought away. God can do the biggest things with the smallest things in your life if you'll let him. The second thing is, if you want to know this, is that also use what God speaks into your heart. 
A lot of times we'll hear a lot of thoughts in our head, but very few times do we hear really what he's saying to our heart. Now, we know how simple this is because how many knows that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got to do what? You've got to believe in your what? Heart. So we know that God speaks to the heart, so you've got to believe in your heart. And he says that, and so when we begin to believe in our heart and embrace it, as your pastor read the scripture earlier, he said, uh, one of your quotes, that he said, you must love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you must love your neighbor. Uh, and notice sometimes you can't pick your neighbors, amen. You must love your neighbor as yourself, amen. Wait a minute, I know you love yourself. Loving your neighbors, I, I don't. Anyway, you got to love, and God says that you got to love with all your heart, and there's something about getting the Word of God in your heart. Now, a lot of people have a head knowledge of God, but very few have a heart knowledge of God. A head knowledge of God is that, you know, yeah, I know there's a God, the big man upstairs. You know, I know God can do these things, and that's great. And they quote some scriptures, and they know the Bible, and they know the King James Version, and they just have a head knowledge. But I'm going to tell you what, when you have a heart knowledge of God, all of a sudden something supernatural begins to take place. It said, when you begin to get this heart, now listen to what he says, Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now, see, we were talking about thoughts, and there's sometimes thoughts come to you and you'll talk yourself out. You ever talked yourself into something? And you've ever talked yourself out of something? I always tell young couples when I'm about to marry them, I said, now, if I can talk you into getting married, it ain't right. If I can talk you out of it, it ain't right. You better know, you're about to make a commitment here, amen. All I'm going to do is help you navigate through it, amen. You, you, you want to Now, listen, if you don't like the way your spouse is acting, it's your fault you picked them, amen. But anyway, so you've got to understand is that it's, you've got to get to the place where you say, you know what, God, I'm going to let you speak to my heart. So sometimes we can come to church. Sometimes not, I know this probably would never happen here, Pastor. I know this probably never happened here. Believe it or not, but sometimes you can be, Worshiping the Lord, and you'll be thinking, you'll be looking, and everybody see you like this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're singing the song. I wonder what I'm going to eat for lunch today. Well, glory to God. I'm just so good. You know, I'm so sick and tired of this type of food. I'm not eating another sandwich. Hallelujah, God. I just, I wonder if this new guest preacher, is he going to let us out on time? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, now I know you went. Let's let's put this right. The church down the street does that, not this church. Amen. But a thought, a thought will come to us. But sometimes we can have a head knowledge. God, we can be singing all the songs up there. Sometimes we can be singing a song that God is our provider, and we say, Lord, I don't even know how I'm gonna pay my electric bill this week. Sometimes we can be singing a song, God is my healer, and God, I'm hurting in my back. God, my my legs bother me. God, I I'm concerned for my mother or my father. They got COVID or whatever. And sometimes we're singing those songs, and we have a head knowledge, knowing that God can do it. But what I see, God ain't doing it, and my heart's afraid. You know what Jesus said? He said, in the last days, the troubling times will come. Now, that, now he told us that. You know. But you know what he said also in that same scripture, and we miss it? He said, but let your heart not be troubled. Now, why would you tell somebody? I mean, that'd be like going up to somebody, you know, it's going to really get bad. Things are really going to get worse, and you're going to see some horrible things happening. But you'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. Thanks for that little bit of information. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go through some tough, you know, you're, you're going to go through some tough times, but don't worry about it. You'll be okay. Don't let your heart be troubled. Why would God tell you troubles are coming? And they said, 
Don't let your heart be troubled. Because, see, we're not of this world. We're pilgrims passing through. We are not of this world. We're not caught up in this world. We are just here. We are the light of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Listen, listen. God's got us in the palm of his hand. And I'll tell you, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper in the name of the Lord. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This world has nothing that it can do to you. Nothing. Zero. Nada. Get it in your heart. So you learn to get it in your heart and you don't lean to your own understanding. Sometimes, you know, your understanding will get in your way and you'll rationalize things. You know, I, I, people say this, well, I know God can, but I know God, he will, but, well, I know God wants to, but, or I know somebody else, you know, and it's fun, you know, because uh, I know we got some motorcycle riders in here, amen. How many motorcycle riders we got in here, amen. I know, I said, Dad, we got, got some of them. Some of them are scared to raise their hand because they don't want their wife to know, amen. No, but anyway, I was, <laughs> I do it with my friends. I just don't tell my wife, amen. No. But when I started, when I, when I, you know, I tried to talk my wife in to get, let me get a motorcycle, motorcycle. Now the kids are grown, and finally she talked to her and let me get a bike, and she said, don't ever ask me to ride it. And I said, okay, I won't. And uh, so one day she got on it, and now she's always asking me, can we go riding? Amen. Uh, but I remember when I got the motorcycle, it's amazing how many people come to me. Man, you got a motorcycle? You know how many people get killed on a motorcycle? I say, and so whatever, if they're driving a Honda Accord, I'll say, you know how many people get killed in a Honda Accord? You know how many people get killed in a Chevy pickup? You know how many people get killed in a Ford pickup? You see what I'm saying? You see how we think sometimes? I said, I want you to, I call my motorcycle Angel. Come on, Angel, let's go. He'll, he'll bury me on the wings of angels, amen. I'm all right. I'm covered. I just plead the blood of Jesus. If Can God protect me in a Chevy truck, Ford truck, Dodge truck, motorcycle? Is he able to protect me on a motorcycle just like he would in a plane or anything else? I mean, what? God's like, oh, he got a motorcycle. Whoa. Wow, the angels won't be upset with him. I mean, you know, car, they could ride with him. You know, but he ain't got enough room on a motorcycle with him and Veronica, and I was going to put an angel there, but... Forget that. So he's on it. Hey, you're on your own. I hope you make it back. <laughs> See how we think sometimes. We get things in our heart that don't make sense. And we try to lean on this understanding. And I understand. I understand. There's, you know, I understand you can be unwise and, and not be safe and harm yourself. Can I tell you something? You can fall off a ladder at your house and get hurt. Amen. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to be foolish, but I'm not going to be operating by fear. For the just shall live by faith. I don't live out of frustration. I don't live out of fear. I don't live out of these things that the world is caught up in because I know in whom I trust. And that is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Proverbs 4 and 4, he also taught me, and he said to me, Let your heart retain my words and keep my commandments, I like this, and live. Now, I don't, I don't know if bread goes to $10,000 a loaf, if, 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 if gas goes to 6000 I mean, gas goes $6,000 a gallon, if clothes goes to $100,000 for a suit, can I tell you something? My God... Said he'll put food on my table, clothes on my back, shelter over my head. 
God's not limited to this world's government structure long before Medicare God cared. Amen. I want you to know you are in good hands when you put your faith in God. I want you to know what we need to begin to do is not trust on our government but trust on God. All we've got to do, what kind of insurance did Abraham have? What 401k did Abraham have? I'm going to tell you he had the God uh, uh, account and everything he needed God provided for him. Don't you fret about tomorrow God holds tomorrow he says I will meet all of your needs uh, he said don't seek these things uh, he said but seek me and when you find me you have all these things they will be added unto you this is what he says in Romans 10 and 8 but what does it say the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach and if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, look at this, you will be saved. Now, why is it that we can believe salvation that way, but we can't believe anything else works that way? Why is it believed that we can say, God, come into my life, forgive me my sins. Oh, I'm saved. And then we say, God, heal my body, but I still feel sick. Why is it we can believe for salvation, which, notice this, is the most important thing? Because you can go to heaven without legs. You can go to heaven without eyes. You can go to heaven without arm, but you can't go to heaven without Jesus. Amen. There's only one way. I'm telling you, there's not many ways. There's not four ways. There's not three ways. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to get there. Jesus said, if you're going to get in, you must come through me. I don't care what, you know, we need to learn to get along with all religions. I'm going to tell you, your religion won't get you there, but your relationship with Jesus Christ will usher you into the throne room of God. So there's only one way, and that way is Jesus. The smallest things, the smallest things make the biggest difference. And the third thing, if, if you want to see something that can happen to me, is use what God places in your hand. Where's my usher with my little uh, seeds that I had? Uh, bring, yeah, bring that up to the table for me. Thank you, sir. How many of you were offered... Offered one of these when you come in. How many of you offered one of these? Amen. How many of you, when you saw this, you're like, no, thank you. I mean, rightfully so. Now, you're not a bad person if you turned them down. I don't blame you. I mean, if I walked in a church and somebody said, hey, would you like to have one of these? I don't know. What is it? Can I eat it? I mean, is it a mint? I mean, if you, if, if you have one of these, uh, so you probably think, no, I don't need one. What would be? Because, I mean, if you look at it, really, it's not much. Does anybody know what, what this is? Acorn, yeah, acorn. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What is this? Acorns, yeah. Now, that's my man right there. Now, that's my man right there. Acorns. That's what I'm saying, acorns. That's what I'm talking about. My wife said, there ain't no such thing as an acorn. I said, but you ain't from North Alabama, amen, or Louisiana, amen. But we're going to be civilized today. This is acorn, amen. No, anybody, no, anybody knows what this is, really? Say uh, it's a seed. Yeah, it's a seed. But what kind of seed? What am I holding in my hand? An oak tree. Okay. What uh, what, am I, what else am I holding in my hand? What what if I tell you? What if I tell you? What if I tell you? I'm holding in my hand a cross. What if I tell you? If I took eleven of these, put them in my hand, that I have a house. What if I told you that? Would you believe me? What if I told you that I could take these and I could fill your house full of furniture? So this is a seed. 
to everything you need. See, so we just see it this way, but God sees it furniture in your house. God sees it as a home. See, so can you see it? I remember a young man come to me. He was struggling with his faith. And he asked me, how, how does faith work? I said, faith is not really mystical. It's just it's very practical. Did you notice everything Jesus did is very practical? He did parables. You know what parables are. He would relate it. He's like, you know, it would be like somebody, let's say you was trying to explain a plane to somebody and they'd never seen a plane before. Well, that's kind of like a bird that flies, you know. And they'd be like, fly? Yeah, you know, like a big bird. You ever seen a big eagle? Yeah, well, it looks like that. It's made out of metal. People can get up. So you're trying to explain it. Jesus would do parables to help you to understand kingdom principles. So this young man come to me, and I, I, just, I love parables, and I love truth. So anyway, he come to me, he's just struggling with faith. I said, I said, well, I said, faith is like this. I said, did you see that two-story house at Home Depot the other day? Because I knew he went to Home Depot. He goes, at Home Depot? I said, yeah, the two-story house that they built in Home Depot. You see it? No, I was there. I, I said, did you walk around the whole store? Yeah. I said, it's right there in the store. He said, you What? I said, they do them at every Home Depot. You didn't know that? Man, I ain't never seen How long has it been? I said, it's been there ever since they built. That's the first thing they do. Every Home Depot has that two-story house. He looked at me like, you're crazy. Oh, no, no, that's the way faith works. I said, the only thing is the reason you missed it because it's on aisle one, aisle two, aisle three, aisle four, aisle five, aisle six, aisle seven, aisle seven. Everything you need is right there to build you a two-story house. All you got to do is put it together. Everything you need is inside of you. All you got to do is make the right connection, and you can build the kingdom of God. You can take a small thing and make great differences. All of us would like to be like Elijah calling fire down. Could you imagine walking around? Go ahead, boys, build your, you, most of you know that story. Go ahead, boys, build your fire. Call on your gods, and they're cutting their wrists. They're crying, oh, calling out all the false gods, and nobody's answering. He says, step aside. He said, ah, let me show you how it's done. God of heaven, show them. Man, you're like, wow. I mean, no, that, I don't, that'll change your life. Everybody wants to call fire down from heaven. Everybody wants to walk up to the dead and raise them from the dead. Everybody wants to be a Smith Wigglesworth. Huh? Everybody wants to do Smith Wigglesworth. He walked into a place and he was praying for a woman and she died. That ain't good. How I many of they won't sign you up for the prayer list? Amen. You pray for him. Pull up. She dropped dead. Okay. Well, I got to go now. Uh, no. No, Smith Wigglesworth, he picked her up off the floor, throwed her against the wall. Now, some people get upset if you did your mom or dad that way. Amen. Throwed her against the wall and said, Live! She slid right back down the wall. He's probably thinking, This ain't working. So he grabs her again. He takes her, throws her against the wall. Boom! I said, Live! Sludge down the wall. I mean, most of you be like, Okay, I gotta go now. <laughs> He's like, Uh uh, you ain't getting my message. Picked her back up, slammed her against the wall. Live! She came back to life. I want you to know God can do the supernatural. Many times we won't experience that because we won't take the smallest things that are in our hands and believe for the biggest things that, that man can't understand. So little things. I mean, well, you, you know the story. You know the story. It's very simple. You know the story where God would took Moses. And he said, what's in your hand? Now, now most people say, well, I'm getting too old for God to do stuff like that. Well, you do know that Abraham was 75 years old before God first talked to him about taking his faith journey. You do know that Moses was 80 years old when he wanted to go and bring back all the children of Israel. So you ain't too old to do nothing. 
All you got to do is just do it. Amen. He can use the smallest. He can use babes out of the mouth of babes. Or he can use the oldest of adults. But he, he asked Moses, he said, Moses, what's in your hand? Well, it's the staff. But throw it down. Look at it again. He threw it down turned into a snake. Now, most of you would have left him then. You'd be like, what? Ain't, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Uh-uh. Whew. Thank you, Lord. I'm gone. You, it's yours now, Lord. Amen. <laughs> no, but what he did, he reached over. He said, now reach over and get it. He reached over and got it, and it turned back into a staff. And notice that Moses used that staff to transform the minds of those million people that he led out of the wilderness. So just a staff. So he says, Moses, what's in your hand? You'll see that in, uh, in Exodus chapter 4, 17. You'll see where he used that staff. And then he come to little David. Remember David killed Goliath with a stone? I mean, all he had was a little stone in his hand, and he put it in a sling, and he let it go, and they even wrote songs about it. Amen? I want you to know, David, he, he had some experiences with God because they kept telling him, you can't do it, you're too little. See, David was probably about 5'9". We'll, we'll make him 5'11", we'll make, make him a little taller. You know, we'll like be taller if he had some high boots on. Amen? He about 5'9". And then we had... Goliath, they say Goliath was anywhere from 9-3 to 13-2, somewhere. That big old boy, potato-fed boy. I mean, that boy, <laughs> that boy was fed. He was a logger, right? Amen. That big old boy, he didn't play. And so everybody was afraid of him. David said, I'll go take him on. And they said, you can't take him. You ain't even been in battles. You don't even... He goes, look. He said, I've already fought a bear, and I've already fought a lion, and God delivered me from both of them. I want you to know sometimes the reason we can't fight our biggest battles is because we don't know how to fight the small ones. And he, he took on that bear and that lion, and he says, just like that, he will do this. So David took that stone, he run, and he gave it a fling, and hit him right between the eyes, knocked him to the ground. David went up, grabbed his sword, cut the giant's head off, raised the head up, and he says, this is how you get ahead in life. I mean, no. He said, here's your enemy now. Now Israel, now Israel, it, it, that was Donnie Flippo, uh, you know, new version, amen, this is how you get ahead, something like, oh yeah, I got it, head in life, amen, but he said, this is how you do it, why are you afraid of this guy, and now, now this sounds great, they pass that head around all over town, well, look at that, he ain't no bad now, is he? amen, so we got to understand something, what do you got in your hand, you got a house, that furniture, but the key is you got to plant it, or you won't ever experience it. If you don't learn to plant things, there's things that God speaks to your heart. There's times that God asks you to sow into the kingdom of God financially, but there's also times He asks you to do it spiritually, mentally, physically. Sometimes He'll ask you to give of yourself. See, every one of you, what's in your hand? Some of you, you may have in your hand the talent to play an instrument, but you won't get up here. You got to come to practice. You got to sacrifice. Yeah, but it's not convenient. It's not the. It's not. I don't really like the songs that they play. I don't, I'm really this, and I'm really that. What's in your hand? What did God put in your hand? Sometimes God gives you a voice to sing. What's in your hand? Some some may be that God giving you the strength that you could come in here and you could pick ten of these chairs up. And sometimes we just need somebody to move the chairs around where we can vacuum. Some some people God just give you the talent. You you have the ability to clean. You like things to be clean and wipe things down. What's in your hand? 
See, too many times we think, well, it's no big deal. Nobody knows who cleans the toilet. Nobody knows who's doing the behind the scenes. Nobody, nobody notices me if I do the dusting on the rail. Nobody, I've dusted that whole rail. Nobody even said anything about it. But God knows what's in your hand. I dusted every one of those rails. I wiped every one of them down, sanitized every one of them. Nobody said nothing to me, but God says your labor is not in vain. What's in your hand? Too many times you don't see what's in your hand. Listen to what he tells Apostle Paul. He had an experience, and that was in Acts chapter 19, and he was sweating, and he'd take parts of his clothes and his handkerchief and apron, and he'd wipe the sweat off of his forehead from working, laboring. And because he couldn't travel to go pray for these people, he said, here, take this piece of shirt, this piece of handkerchief, and take it and lay it on the sick, and they shall recover handkerchief don't make sense sometimes I've seen people and I've learned to help them to understand that too many times uh, you know it's, it's good to pray for people but I'm going to tell you what and there's times that there's a discernment of the spirit where he have you pray for somebody and you don't ask them what they need but there's something about getting a person to say what they need you have not because you asked not and you asked in a mess sometimes and so sometimes it helps them to understand and I've asked people before, what is it that you really want me to pray about? And sometimes I'm like, oh, just pray for me. But what does that mean? Just, just pray for me. Yeah, but what is it you want me to pray for? And, then I, and so once I can get them to say it, to speak it, there's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. And I've seen it work over time and time again in the lives of people. And I, would ask, I remember one time I was invited, and there's many stories, but I, I remember one time I was invited to hospice, and there was a gentleman that was in hospice dying. And it was their his grandfather, and I had prayed for him. It's a long story. I prayed for him. God touched him and healed him, and and because I asked, I did kind of the same thing that I was about to do to his grandfather. And I come in, I said, "Hey, I don't know. I know you don't know me." And sometimes people want me to go pray for some of their loved ones, and they don't know me, so I don't I don't just assume that everybody wants prayer because not everybody wants your prayers. Too many times we're trying to give people stuff they don't even want. And I walk in, I said, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm and they introduce me and. I said, they want me to come pray for you. He goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, would you like for me to pray for you? He goes, kind of looked at me, like studied me out, like, sure, if you want to. I said, no, I only want to pray for you if you want me to. He kind of checking me out. Okay. Yeah, you can pray for me. I said, what would you like for me to pray? I went, what? Since you want to pray for you, what would you like for me to pray? He goes, he looked puzzled. He goes, okay. I think now he's kind of getting a little bold, you know. All right, I'll tell you what to pray for me. Pray that I get out of hospice and that I can be sitting on my deck fishing up in Toledo Bend. Okay. When you want to get out? Get out in a couple of days. Okay. Well, let's do it. Lord, he show him that there's power in prayer. Just have a simple prayer. Get him back up towards Toledo Bend, fishing on the day. I, I just said everything he just said. In Jesus' name, amen. He goes, he didn't say anything. He goes, hmm. He's like, hmm. <laughs> Guess what happened in a couple of days? They checked him out of hospice. He's on a deck, up in Toledo Bend, fishing. See, what we underestimate is the ability, yeah, and I don't even know the gentleman. Now, the gentleman may believe, he says he kind of believed in God. I don't know, but this is the thing. When you do something and you release your faith 
to another person that has faith to declare something in your life, supernatural things begin to happen. You don't necessarily always in your own strength have to. Remember the one guy coming to me, he says, Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? He says, yes, but help me in my unbelief. Boy, isn't that honesty? You know, could you imagine? So Jesus going around. Jesus didn't heal everybody. You, you do know that, didn't you? I mean, he just walked by some people. Could you imagine somebody? Who's he think he is? He's walking on by. Got all his guys around. Got about twelve of them around him. You know, twelve disciples. Got about hundred and fifty something people going with Jesus, traveling with Jesus. So see, some people picture Jesus as sackcloth, dirty face, matted up hair, and he's poor. I want to tell you something. Number one. You ain't poor if you got a treasure following you. If somebody else is holding your money, you ain't poor. And another thing is, if you if you ever did any traveling, take 150 people with you and pay their bills for them. And pay their hotel and their food. It ain't cheap, okay? I just know that from me and Miss, taking Miss Veronica. Amen. It ain't cheap. And I could imagine if I had 149 more to take with me. Amen. I can understand by just taking my grandkids and my children somewhere. It ain't cheap. I'll just, I'll just use my experience. And Jesus take a whole caravan and take care of all of them. Matter of fact, if you think about it, him dying on the cross. I, you know, I have the hardest time. I don't really like doing yard sales. Because they, they won't give you a quarter for your blue jeans. You know what I'm saying? They, they won't even give you a quarter. I'd be like, just take it. I mean, my goodness, it's just a quarter. Or just, I just, I mean, it's that, those blue jeans cost you 60 bucks. Where we bought, but yeah, get them for a quarter. Go for it. Amen. No. Won't even give you a quarter. I've never had two people fight over my clothes at a yard sale. Oh, I found a kid in there ripping back. I got it. I got it. But at the cross of Jesus Christ, it was Roman soldiers gambling over his robe. I've never had anybody gamble over my clothes. It must have been a pretty nice robe. He said it was seamless. See, don't underestimate your God based on your situation, your philosophy, your doctrine, your religion, based on who the Word of God says. I'm just telling you, what. The, did you know that was in the Scripture? I'm not making any of this stuff up. So Jesus walking, this is the point I want to get to. Jesus walking along. Here comes this blind man calling out, Jesus! And so he's walking up. And Jesus is waiting for him to get to him. He's walking up there. He says, Jesus, heal me. He said, what do you want? Now, I don't know about you. If I'd been one of the disciples, I'm just thinking, hey, Jesus, kind of obvious. You know, whisper Jesus because you don't want the blind man. Jesus said, What do you want? He's like, I know Jesus is sharper than this. I, I know he got this. You know what he wants. You, you have to just, you God, you know what he wants. Just do it. Jesus made him say it. Jesus made him say it. Jesus knew exactly what he wanted. Jesus made him say it. Too many times, oh, God, just, just bless me. Just bless me. Just, what do you want? Just bless me. What do you want? Just bless me. What do you want? Just bless me. God said, would you stop that? Tell me what you want. 
Tell me what you want. And we need to learn to start praying and believing and declaring what's in your hand. I want you to know Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatever you find in your hands, do it with all your might. There is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. All of us, if Jesus should tarry, we're all going through that old grave. But I want you to know, work with all your might. Put your hand to it. What's in your hand this morning is a mic in mine. But I want you to know there's other things that God has placed in your hands. The ability to change this world. All you got to do is dare to believe that what's inside of you, though it may be small, it can do the biggest things. You can transform a nation. We may have the next Billy Graham sitting in here. We may have the next revival moving, shaking preacher sitting in here. We may have the next great move of God in America sitting right here. Don't underestimate that you're in a small town out in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes you feel in your heart that God can't do big things. Revival can flare out from this place that it literally can touch around the world. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Dare to believe God. Dare to believe God. Dare to believe God. He can do the biggest things with the smallest of things in your hand. I'll finish with this story. And This story was told to me, and I have every reason to believe that it's true. But a missionary told this story about a young lady, and this was back in when Cold War was going on, and they would take and capture the people that they were trying to uh, overtake their country and put them in a prison. I want to say it was somewhere in Asia, somewhere. So they had these cell groups and uh, these cells that they would put people in, and they put them in in one part of the camp, the women in another part of the camp, and these soldiers, very evil, each night would go from one cell room and pull the women out and do the most ungodly things you could imagine and put them back in that room. They caught one young girl and had thrown her in the room with some other women. They packed the rooms full of women, you know. And this one girl, she was praying, and one person that was bitter because she got caught. And, I mean, you know, here we are. I lost my home, lost everything, lost my family. I'm in prison. She goes, why are you praying to God? Where is your God? You're wasting your time praying. Where's your God? If you had a God, he wouldn't let you be in this prison. Where's your God at? You ever, when you go through stuff, people won't know where your God is. Where's your God at now? He didn't stop the hurricane. Where's your God at? He didn't keep your house from burning down. Where's your God at? He didn't cause sickness, stop sickness from coming against your family. Where's your God at? Huh? That's what people think. If your God's so good and mighty, why did he let bad things happen to you? Where's your God? So they asked her, where's your God? And she just kept praying that prayer, no mind. And each night they would hear where they'd open up the cell and women screaming and they're dragging them out, abuse them, throw them back in the cell, and they'd go from cell to cell. Well, now it's approaching. This young lady just kept praying, and it's approaching their night. That morning, all of a sudden, the cell feels full of fleas, and they're being eaten up with fleas. Oh, on top of being in prison and top of being here in the abuse, now fleas are eating them up. I mean, they're covered with fleas. They're bit all over with fleas. And this lady says, your gods can't even keep fleas off of us. Where's your God at? 
that night they come to do the same thing to those group of ladies in that cell. They open it up and they realize it's eat up with fleas and they slammed the door and went to the next cell. God took a flea to stop an evil people from doing horrible things. If God can take a flea to turn people around, I'm telling you what, God can do the super, it's the smallest things that can do the biggest thing. Too many times we miss our blessing by trying to understand why God does what he does. But I know he's capable. Listen, you need to learn to just trust God and let God let go and let God. Amen. Just let go and let God and allow the presence of God do what he wants to do inside of you. Amen. Inside of you. As they play something softly, uh, I know today maybe you're here and you're trying to figure out maybe you got invited here. Maybe you go to church here. I don't know. Say I'm I'm a guest speaker, so you, your pastor, he knows everybody here, and, and you know why you're here. Maybe, maybe you don't even know why you're here. Maybe you heard some of the things I'm saying. You're like, yeah, that's all good. Life, if life is good for you, that, that's good preacher. Can I tell you something? Sometimes life is not always good, but God is. And, you know, there's times that we feel troubles and trials and hardship. But you can trust God. I've experienced hardship just like you. I'm, I'm no different. I'm not in a bubble. I'm not like God puts me in this bubble and he says, oh, nothing can bother you. I, I fight the same devil you fight. The Bible says Satan goes out to steal, to kill, and destroy. And guess what? Especially those that have proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ, he can't stand. I don't get an exemption. It's not like God gives me an exemption. Now, oh, I'm going to let the devil bother you. I have to fight the devil the same way you do. And I have to do it with the smallest things. A scripture. A scripture. A scripture. So when I'm in need, it may be my God shall supply all of my needs. When I'm concerned about sickness and disease in the world, my God shall bless my bread and water and keep sickness and disease away from my nest. Maybe, 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 maybe when I'm fighting all I can do and I don't know what else to do and I'm tired and I'm weary, he says, when you know all that you can do is stand, stand. Maybe sometimes it's just dared to believe that I don't quite understand why God's allowing this or why he's letting this happen. Why didn't he stop this? Well, just I don't lean to my own understanding, but I just acknowledge him. It's the smallest things. Yeah, but, but just tell me how it's going to all work out. I mean, you're saying if I get my life right with Jesus today that I won't have any no more problems? No, you're going to have problems. But you're going to have the strength to overcome them. It's not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. If you fight in battles that belong to the Lord, no wonder you're tired. There's some battles that you should fight. There's some battles that the Lord says, you know how to handle this, go take care of it. You know, you kids at the playground and bullies at the playground, you got this, son, take care of it. But then if it gets out of control, too many start trying to gang up on them. You say, okay, now it's time for me to step in. God's got you. God's got you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me?
Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you're doing in this place today. Thank you for what you're wanting to do in these people's lives. Father, I don't know their lives. I don't know their heart. I don't know their situation, but I know you do. So I lift them up right now. There's somebody here today. They're finding that, you know what? I need a change in my life. There's a thought coming to you right now. Why don't you just go ahead and make the change? Just ask Jesus to help you. I know you're trying to figure it all out, but what will it look like? Who, how will I be able to tell people what has really happened to me? What will, oh, I don't know what it all will look like, but I do know this. It looks much better when God's involved. Father, I pray for every person here that needs to change in their lives, for those that need a touch in their body, for those that need a breakthrough in their thinking. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around, thank you for your patience and being with us. If you're here today and you need a breakthrough, you say, you know what? You said something today and it triggered a thought. It triggered something in my heart. It triggered that I've been holding out when I should be releasing. And, and you're right, preacher. I, I, I need a breakthrough. I need a change. I need to start with me right here, right now. If that's you, just slip your hand up and right back down. Slip it up and right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Right back. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. I see those hands. Yes. God bless you. Yes. Yes. It's okay. That's not a sign that we're, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for God to do even something greater in my life. So my hand's with you. Yes. We're believing. We're declaring. Anyone else? There's something about an action with a word. Something about faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. Now, see, I've seen that. Yes. God bless you. Father, you've seen the hands that have went up. You've seen the hands that went up, and they're declaring that I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Father, if it's a physical, financial, mental, spiritual, whatever that breakthrough is, in the name of Jesus right now, I declare that breakthrough. And I speak. I speak. I speak. I want you to think of the thing that you need God to do for you right now. I want you to think of it. Think of it, what you need God to do. Is it a lost loved one needs to be saved? It is, a, is it someone needs to be healed? It, maybe you need to be healed. Maybe it's a financial. Whatever the thought is that you feel you need, if you was to approach the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I need, I want you to start thinking that right now. Start thinking, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need, God. I need this. And I'm going to pray with you. Father, I... You hear the thoughts that are going forth. You see them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release an anointing to connect with them. God, to bring back, to bring about what they're believing for. Bring about what they're believing for. God, in your will and your perfect will, show them, manifest to them, speak to them, stir within them the power to receive. Now, with you here, you can look up now. You may would like for me to pray with you. I know with this, I try to respect people's distance. I, nowadays, I don't know if I should hug you or run from you. No, I'm picking. Hug you, elbow you, fist bump. I don't know because you know why? I want to respect you. It's not about me. It's about respecting you. But if you say, you know what, and, and I'm sure they'll give me a mask and, 
and I'll be careful, and I'll just stand back. And But if you'd like for her to come to me privately and over to the side in just a moment, and you say, you know what, I'd like for you to pray with me. I'd love to pray with you. I, I, listen, I'm an old-time evangelist. Long years ago, I prayed for people all night long until I'm wore out. But I know, I know it's Sunday morning, and I know we're in, living in different times. But I want you to know God's, the power of God's prayer works just as good with you sitting there as it does with you coming up. It does. But if you would like, if you just feel you'd like to get with me, I'm going to step aside and turn it back over to the pastor, and, and I'm going to pray with you if you'd like. That's up to you. I don't want anybody to feel put in a position or feel awkward. But I want you to know I've seen God do the supernatural, and I believe God still does the supernatural. Amen? So, Pastor, I'm going to bring you up and let you go with the service, and then I'll be over here. If anybody needs prayer, you feel free to do so. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Flippo. So listen, they're going to bring him a mask, and they've got some sanitizer, and uh, here's the bowl. Just pour some of it in here for me, brother. And he can sanitize his hands in between everybody. And listen, we, we hey, we're trying to help people that want to be prayer, amen? We want prayer for We We lay hands on people. We, we look like priests up here, but they don't, we don't care. We want to pray with people. So listen, I want to open it up. If you want prayer, I want you to come up front. We're going to pray. If you want to put your mask on, you can. If not, just come on. Don't, don't allow fear to set in on this. Because I know this. I know God can do great and mighty things in your life. All it takes is a seed. Isn't this a much better visual than the one I, I kept using? my flyer still up here? Oh, it is. It's on. So, Sister Veronica, this is what I was showing them. One seed of mustard. I like the oak seed better. <laughs> I like the oak seed better. You know, while, he's, while Pastor Donnie's praying for people, I, I want to tell you the rest of that story that he told at the beginning of it. You know, a few years earlier, I'd gotten saved. It was in church and serving the Lord and things had happened. And I, I left church and I moved. Now I'm in Beaumont, Texas. I went from Jacksonville, Florida, all the way to Beaumont. It was on a Wednesday. I went and looked it up. It's five and a half miles. I was a recruiter and it was on a Wednesday night. And, man, the pressures of being a recruiter, it, they have the highest suicide rate in the military. Recruiters of all the branches when you add them together suicide rate the divorce rate it's terrible and man I was just you know I was still running from God God had been dealing with me but the, the pressures of life had just began to settle in on me and I got into the government van one night and I just started driving now if you're not familiar with Beaumont our, our recruiting station was across from the mall of Dallin and Highway 69 North I found myself five and a half miles on the other side of town off of College Street, which is Highway 90 and Major Drive. And if you knew where that area was, there wasn't nothing back there. I lived across the street back over there, but this area back there, and I'm driving and I see this building is for lease and I got a white cross out next to the road. It was not a very good looking cross. It was, it was, yeah, he used some cheap wood. But it caught my attention and I was like, building is empty. Why is there a cross there? There's people there. So I went in. Here I see Pastor Flippo standing there. 
and I've got all these questions in my mind just rolling. So I start asking questions. And all of a sudden, another lady walked in. Wish I could remember her name. And I said, oh, no, no, I know Jesus. Go ahead and talk with her. So I stood back, and every question I had, he answered talking to her. And I didn't join church that night. Really didn't. The flip side of the, the other side of this coin was, is that me and Wendy had been looking around because she was pregnant at the time with our oldest. And uh, so we get a call, I think it was next week, her brother decides, man, we want to come see y'all's new house. We're going to bring some crawfish. I'm like, but we got to have a church to go to. Wendy, I met this pastor the other day. It's right around the corner. It's right there. We can go over there Sunday. Yep, and it wasn't long after that where, where Wendy had grown up Catholic. And, uh, and I remember standing at the altar in that little, that little building. I have pictures of that. I'm not showing y'all. The way I dressed, you know, yeah, it was a long time ago. And I remember standing at that altar for salvation. And I remember looking at Wendy. I said, listen, because I had been struggling fighting God to come back to him. And I said, Wendy, either we're going to go 110% or we're going to go home and burn the Bibles. I can't go back and forth. can't do it anymore. One day I listened to Christian music, then it was rock. Then it was Christian music, then it was country. Then it was Christian music, and it was rap. I said, either we're going 110% or we're going home and burn the Bible. I'm done with God. She said, let's do it. It's okay. You know, we've never looked back. 110% is how we've lived our life. When God said, sell your house, I want you to move into a camper. Wendy said, it better be a big one. Actually, first it was, I'll divorce you. Then it was, I'll move in with your mama. Then it was, it better be a big one. Took her three days, but that's okay. And all the things in our life over those, all these years, learning faith from these guys right here, we applied it into our life, what the Word of God says. And it brings me here today where I live in a beautiful home that God brought me the ability to build why? Because we paid attention to the small things. Always paid attention to the small things. We paid attention to what God was doing, and we used what we have in our hands. Like, like they laughed last night. They didn't know I knew how to play piano. I learned how to play piano off of YouTube. I was a youth pastor full-time. We had about 50 students, and nobody knew how to play an instrument in place. Teenagers don't like CDs. They didn't like my playing much either, but I had to do something. I started learning to play piano from YouTube one song at a time. And I'd hold the note, and I'd press the button, and I'd hold the note. And, I'd, and, and you know what? That's been about 10 years now. I still don't know how to play piano great, but I love doing it, and I don't care. I'm using what God, the talents God has given me to bless him, and I just hope you all enjoy him along the way, just like the preaching. You see, it's the small things. If we just pay attention to what God is doing, he wants to do these great things in our life, but a lot of times we won't let him. We won't let him, guys. Come on. God is amazing if we would just let him do. You know, Veronica Wendy actually preaches once in a while. She's a good preacher. Yeah, see, y'all don't know that. That's why they said, oh, quiet Wendy. <laughs> y'all just don't know. <laughs> She'll come up here during worship and grab the mic and, and speak out. But you know what? It, is, it has been an interesting ride serving God. But I can tell you this. I don't regret any of it. All the ups, all the downs losing my home, selling homes, 
giving home back to the bank, giving all those things were all lessons that teaches, taught me how to stand here in faith today and believe for the supernatural. And to sit there and honestly say, which you guys hear me all the time, I believe every bit of it. Every bit of it. And like Flippo always used to tell it, from Genesis to the maps. And then I added on top of it, even there when it said the and the, because they misprinted it. I believe both these. <laughs> Why? Because this is the only thing I have to go by. Our opinions do not matter. The word of God is all we have, guys. So they're, they're going to pray for a few more people. Listen, I'm not trying to rush this. We're going to do communion here in a few minutes. You don't have to be a member of our church to do communion. We just ask you to be a believer of the body of Christ. I don't see any church membership required for communion. I know some churches do. There's none in there according to me. There was just a whole bunch of believers sitting at a table. They were eating, and Jesus grabbed the bread, and he grabbed the cup. And we're going to do that, and we're going to bring our children back in as well. If you want to go ahead and just tell her to, she can start wrapping it up and bringing the kids back. I could sit here for hours telling you stories that I learned from those guys of faith. The supernatural. I was thinking of some of them. I said, nah, I'll save some of them for later. You know, what, what was the, the, the one I always remember? God told him to go all the way to Beaumont and start a church, and he didn't have any money, and he resigned from his church. And, then God, and, and the devil kept closing every door. And, and one of my favorite stories about it was, as he stood out there one day, he says, Devil, I'll move my family one red wagon at a time if I have to, but we're moving to Beaumont. And what happened after that? A U-Haul truck. <laughs> Still didn't have nowhere to live when they moved to Beaumont. They didn't have a house. Pulled up into the house that, that somebody had already said, No, it's rented. They pulled up anyways. And what happened? Got a house. I was telling somebody's story last night about how he started the church. Because God told him, I want you to go rent this building. God, I don't have no congregation, don't have no money. I want you to rent this building. Gave him an amount. Said, offer it to the woman. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Then gets a check in the mail from a trucking company. I think it was out of Oklahoma. That was the amount he was supposed to offer. It's the small things. Why has it happened to him and not happened to us? Because it's what's inside. Or are we willing to even step out and do it? I, I've stepped out so many times in my life. Why? Because I'm just foolish enough to think God's going to do it. I still do. <laughs> I don't doubt it. But I pray for somebody to be raised from the dead if I felt God wanted me to. Without a hesitation. Does God heal everybody I pray for? No. But I believe he will. It ain't up to me. It ain't up to me. It ain't up to me, guys. So listen, they're going to get the kids, and they're going to start bringing them back in here. But we'll do that. And listen, while he's still praying, again, if you if you want to sow into their ministry, you know, into into their lives, really, just when you write the check out, make it to New Life, and just put special guests on it or put it on the on the envelope. We're going to do that at the end of service. Uh, normal tithes and offerings is all going to be in there. If you want to go online, it's newlifeag.church, and you can you can do that. And uh, just put special guests on there. We'll make sure. We're going to bless them. You ain't got to worry about that. We always do. We don't let anybody come through here and uh, not be blessed. Amen. So, oh, look all the kids. Isn't it great to have our kids having ministry again? Whew. It's just crazy. That's our church of tomorrow. It's our church of tomorrow. Amen. So, listen, while they're continuing to pray... Uh, I was talking earlier about these Bibles. So I, I think it's Serbia and Sri Lanka. 
They have, they have converted, not converted, <laughs> they have translated. That would be a better word to use. They have translated the Bibles into their language. And it's $25 per Bible to get the Bible in the pastor's hand in that foreign country. That's a study Bible. Printed, shipped, and hand-delivered. $25. And we're going to raise that money to try to buy as many Bibles as we can get. And my goal is, is next week, I'm going to start working on this, talking to businesses. So if you're a business owner or, or you know somebody, I want to see if they'll match us. Come on. I want to see if they'll match us. So if we bring in a certain amount of money, they'll match it so we can send Bibles. Because here's what's crazy. $1,000 is a lot of money. That's only 40 Bibles. And you've got hundreds of pastors that lead churches that don't have a Bible at all. Do you imagine that? Do you imagine that? Isn't that crazy? Come on. I'll turn the music up a little bit, Robin. Jesus. Listen, I don't ever rush. I don't ever rush what the Lord is doing. to you this If you need a healing, I want you to come up here. I want to pray with you this morning. Come on. 
go find a place somewhere. Jesus, come on. If you need a healing, I want you to get up here. Come on. I don't want to have to sit there and prod you. Either you know you need it or you don't.
Listen, if you're visiting with us this morning, we're kind of weird. We just want everything Jesus has for us. And we're willing to spend a little bit of time to get it. And we're willing to fight for it.
Young Gwen, turn the lights back on. <clears throat> so we'll get everybody back in their chairs here. Let me slide this stuff out of the way. So listen, as I was speaking earlier to you about this, you don't have to be a member of the church to, to receive communion with us. According to what I see in the Word of God, it was a group of believers that were gathered with Jesus. And during the meal, he took time out and he taught them a very important thing. So we're going to have our... Our deacons are going to come, and they're going to walk around, and they're going to serve you. We have pre-made cups. If you want your children to, to receive, then I leave that up to the parents. If you think they understand, then, then go ahead, and y'all go ahead and, and yeah, uh, serve them. We've got another one if you want to help, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like our children to be in here for communion, and I, I like it when they take communion with us personally, but I leave that up to the parents because, you know what, I want them to learn how we do church. I want them to understand what we do, and I think it's a great opportunity to just teach them. So they're going to come around, and they're going to pass these out to you, and we're going to partake of them all together. Now, personally, I don't like these cups because they're very difficult to open. They're even worse because I've got a microphone and only one hand to do it. <laughs> But I have learned. <laughs> I like the real bread. It's just my personal opinion. So, well, listen, I love, I love taking communion together. And, and as I always pray, I, I don't ever want this just to become something that we do. Because it is a very powerful symbol that Jesus left us. It is. And there is power in it. So they're going to make sure. If you're... If, if you're visiting with us, please take communion with us if you want, you know, if you're a believer. And also, if you're visiting with us, fill out a visitor card so we can get to know you. We'd love to send you something and get, send you a gift. And uh, there's times people come through and never fill out the card or they get the card and they never give it back to us. And, you know, we have no way of contacting you and letting you know how much we appreciate you and trying to, you know, help you with, uh, with life and, and just different things. Amen. So I'm stalling. This is my stall. I'm just trying to. Y'all think y'all have it tough? You're just sitting there waiting on me to finish. i got to figure out what to say this entire time that keeps you entertained enough that you pay attention. <sighs> yeah, I know. <laughs> there we go. Amen. Thank you, brother. Oh, I got it. Thank you. Everyone got some? Okay. Yeah. Just make sure everybody in, the, in there. Okay, there you go. You got yours? Got everybody out in the foyer as well. We'll make sure everybody gets one. Okay. Everybody received one that wants one? Got yours right there? Okay. Hallelujah. Jesus. So just to tell you one quick funny story, I know Pastor Donnie will laugh about this. My very first Sunday uh, of the new month of December it was uh, three years ago, almost four years ago now. I finished a service, and I had the podium up there. And everybody's standing there looking at me, and I dismissed. And everybody's just looking at me. I'm like, okay, I know I've only been pastor for a couple weeks, but, uh, and I chipped back there, and they're, and I'm like, <laughs> so I stuck my head around the podium. I'm like, oh, they're like, we forgot to tell you at the first of the month we always do communion. I was like, 
Let's just do it. And, and so I just laughed. Listen, I want to take just a moment. I want to read to you out of my brand new preaching Bible. Hallelujah. Over in Corinthians, it tells us a story here in First uh, Corinthians. It says, for the Lord received, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also in the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Listen. Go ahead and stand up with us this morning. This is, is what I consider a very important symbol that Jesus left us. It seems very small. This little piece of bread that really doesn't taste very good reminds me that my Savior took a beating for me that I could be healed. He, he crawled to the cross so he could be killed for me. That's what this bread reminds me of. And I, do not, I never receive of this bread and take it lightly because of the, the power of it. Uh, like I've told you before, there was a time where we had sickness going through our house, and I found some bread that was kosher for Passover, and I would give bread to my family because, Lord, by the breaking of your body, by your stripes, I am healed. And sickness left our family in just a few days. So you know what? When we partake of this bread today, we are once again remembering that all that he did for us. But if you have a sickness in your body, you receive his healing right now. So, Father, I thank you for this symbol of your body being broken and all the power that goes with it, God. Lord, we receive it today. The healing, the health, the life, all the things that you did. Lord, we receive it today as we eat this bread. In Jesus' name, let's take the bread together. Later in the, the night, at some point, he picked up the cup. And he says, this cup represents my blood that will be shed. You know, as, as Pastor Donnie talked last night in, in, uh, with Abram and God, there was a, a, uh, a covenant that was made. You always have to have the shedding of blood. There always has to be blood. You know why it's called the New Testament? Because it's the New Covenant. His blood was shed to form the New Covenant, the New Testament. This grape juice represents... His blood that was shed on a cross. That blood is the only thing that can forgive you of your sins. Can wash you and cleanse you. Is the only thing that can wipe away the sins of your past. So that when the devil goes up to God the Father and says, Terry is one wretched woman. God opens up the book and says, all I see is the blood. Yeah. And that's what this represents. So as we drink of this juice today, I want you to receive that again. So, Father, we partake of this juice today, Lord, which symbolizes the blood of your son that you allowed to be shed for us. Lord, we don't even understand all that, that you did in that time period, but we receive your word, and by spirit, we do receive it all. So, Lord, once again, we receive the blood of Jesus that allows us to be your sons and daughters and it fully cleanses us of all of our sins so that we are in right standing with you and we can boldly go into your throne of grace and mercy. So we thank you for this symbol in Jesus' name. Let's drink the juice together. Lord, we thank you for this time that we get to do monthly 
Let it never become small to us. Never let it, never let it become unimportant in its power and meaning. Let us forever remember what you did in Jesus' name. Listen, we've got some little kids that always love to run around, and there's some buckets out there. Oh, the ushers have the buckets. So listen, did you enjoy the ministry this morning? Amen. Listen, hey, so if you enjoyed the ministry this morning, I want you to make sure you bless the man of God. Sow some seeds into his personal life because I know it's good ground. We have our offering plates out there. Make sure if you do a check, it goes out to New Life. You know, if you put special uh, guests on the bottom, we'll make sure it all goes to him. If you fill out the envelope, divide it, or you can go online. We'll make sure all of that gets there. Amen. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you Wednesday. Hey, we got church Wednesday. Don't forget. Okay. Huh?